Oh, you are listening to a very problem-heavy episode of The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I tell a story to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. But he knows... Where to go to get an SD card when yeah. the Zoom suddenly doesn't recognize your old one. It is the first dollop field trip. <laughs> God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one buck. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. <laughs> you are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors on Patreon. Uh, we thank each and every one of you. You guys are awesome for helping. Keep we like this to podcast call them Patreonites. Like Patreon, Patreonites. Patreonites. Eighteen seventy three. The smell's already bad. Elva Zona Hester. <laughs> what? That's a name. Someone. Uh, uh, someone had a baby and they named it that. With a middle name like Zona, you're like, how do we out crazy Zona? I mean, it's Almost like... Almost name her Elvis. It's like straight out of a Scientology That book. really, yeah. Uh, she was born uh, in 1873 and grew up in the Richlands, Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Okay. Not much is known about her childhood, but we do know Elva was born out of wedlock and was lacking one of those daddy, daddy things. Oh, well, I'm sure that'll end up fine. Hmm. She apparently continued the cycle, cycle, having her own child out of wedlock when she was 22, year, 22 years old in November 1895. Feels like by choice. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, you know, you know how this shit goes. I do. Believe me. Mm, girl. Girl. Um, but, you know, obviously it's going to be hard at that time, 1873, when you've had a kid out of wedlock to find a dude. Yeah. Or to not get glared at on the street. But she did. She found a dude. She fell in love. That's good. Uh, the next uh, October, Elva was working in the shop of James Crookshanks in Greenbrier. His I name mean, was Crookshanks. What's happening? She I, wanted to be Elva Crookshanks real bad? No, it's not him. She didn't fall in love with him. Okay. But I just had to put his name in there. because Well, that just, sound, I mean, I, that just sounds like a prison gang. <laughs> the Crookshanks! Don't you cross the Crookshanks! Uh, so she's working in the shop and she met, okay, here we go. What is happening? Erasmus. What the fuck? I'm not even close to done. <laughs> Erasmus stribbing trout shoe. Stop. Dave, 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 <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. Remember when I thought Erasmus was crazy? That's before I found out trout shoe was the end. Stribbing trout shoe. Erasmus stribbing trout shoe. People called him Edward. Why? <laughs> How did that happen? What, Edward? No. Erasmus the name? I think he just came out and everyone was like, well, fuck this one. Let's ruin him. But is that really? Po I mean, so just back. Okay. I just, I guess you just made up the craziest things you could. But would other people on the street be like, that name's crazy? Or would they be no, like, good I to think, see you, Erasmus. Uh, well, hello, Erasmus, Jimmy Trout. Have you? you met Salmon Slipper? <laughs> uh, so pretty normal names. Uh, so now she was 23 and he was 35. Older man. Mm. Which is going to happen when you don't have a daddy. 
Come right, on. that's true. Uh, it was lightning bolt stuff. Instant love. And what wasn't to love? At this point, Edward Shue, as I'm going to call him, oh, good. was working as a blacksmith in town trying to start over. He was a drifter, widowed, and divorced. Dif- different women? 19th century trifecta. He didn't just like, say to his dead wife, like, that's it. I'm that, out of this. That's, I that's am, a deal breaker for me. When you die, I have had enough. I'd like to file for divorce. My wife died. Well, uh, excuse me? I'd like to leave my dead wife. You don't have to. She is... Listen, you don't understand. There's tension. Okay, fair. Um, we don't communicate anymore. <laughs> She's dead. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It feels like that a lot just, of the time. Just give him the... And the sex? Don't even just, get me started you know on what? the sex. We approve the divorce. We don't want to hear the anymore. The sex is just... It's Talk about a cold fish. I, I don't want to be here. It's disgusting. I'm putting a gun in my mouth. Oh, listen, you sound just like her. In 1985, Edward married Ellen Cutlip. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> Nope. I mean, to be fair, though, when your last name is Cutlip, you're like, Trout Shoe, so fancy. <laughs> they had a daughter two years later named... What, named Pumpkin Maze? No, Goethe. Oh, God. I mean... It's too. It's honestly too easy. It's insane. I don't want to just I make mean, this... This is West game. Virginia. This is West Virginia. There are no rules. Oh, Mountain Mama. In 1888, they divorced. This happened while Edward was in jail for two years uh, for stealing a horse. I really hope she kept his name, too. Oh, God, I would hope so. Just the craziest. Stripping Chow Chu. Gerda would be raised by Ellen's parents. So there's something that's off, right? They get a divorce and the kid is not even raised by either one of them. Something's fucked up. Sorry. Okay. Just because this is insane. Now, Gerda is. His first wife. His kid from his first marriage. Right, okay. And neither of them raised the Gerda. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Then in 1894, Edward married Lucy Tritt. She didn't last the year, dying of unknown causes after just eight months of matrimony. There is no record of how she died. Naturally, Elva came back to the black ship, black ship, blacksmith shop. There we go. Later that day after meeting him. Because he was such an awesome dude. Right. And uh, she told him she, that she was interested. Wow. Very forward. Yeah. Her mom was not pleased. Oh. His background may have been the reason Elva's mother, Mary Jane Heaster, was so opposed to their relationship. But it didn't matter. Love is love. And Edward married Elva two weeks later. Two weeks? After meeting. It's, I mean, to be fair, the lifespan is so much shorter time. I mean, but come on. But no, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So what can go wrong? All went well uh, until... Sorry, a lot. Oh, no. It's going to be good. Mm. This is one of the good ones. Oh. All went well until January 23rd, uh, 1987. Edward's working, Edward's working in 1887. town. 1887. Uh, 18... Oh, yeah. I, it actually corrected itself in 1987. Okay. I love how it wants <laughs> it to be 1987. Yeah. A hundred years later... <laughs> Things were still fine. Uh, that can't even be. I can't even. Uh, yeah. Okay. Eighteen ninety-seven. Edward was working in town, and he asked a young boy who was a neighbor of the couple to run to their home and ask Elva if she wanted anything from the market. Okay. This is before texting. Yep. 
The lad did, and when he entered the home, he found Elva laying at the bottom of the stairs, stretched out with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. Naturally, young Andy assumed Elva was taking the world's weirdest nap at the bottom of the stairs. He yelled to her, but she, she wasn't moving. She didn't wake up. So she's right. <laughs> okay. He thought she was napping at the bottom of the stairs. Well, I mean, listen, he's a boy. You know, there's a bunch of, if there's blood around her, he's like, fruit punch. <laughs> She's leaking fruit punch from her long nap, mister. Uh, she wouldn't wake up, and then he ran home to tell his mom what he had seen. The mom sent for the local doctor, George Knapp. When Dr. Knapp got there about an hour later, Edward Trout Shoe was already there, and he had moved Elva's body upstairs to the bedroom, and he had washed it. Uh, what? Look, I've watched Forensic Files, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a big old red flag. What are you talking about? Well, washing a dead body is strange. Grief does really weird things. But I don't know. If I maybe I'll just wash the death off of her. <laughs> Wake up, baby. And she was already prepared for burial. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's this is not an ad. This is an hour in. That's this not, is an hour that's, in. That's not up to him to do. Edward had placed her in a high-necked dress with a stiff collar and put a veil over her face. This was a bit odd because the duty of preparing the body for burial was usually done by women in the community. Well, not the husband. Yeah, <laughs> the first. I mean, honestly. How fast are you over it? Got to get it ready, man. Yeah. Got to get it ready. Oh, my God, my sweet Alva. Ooh, this will really this look a, nice underground. How about this veil? Ooh, this will really tie it all together. Dr. Knapp got to uh, work, and he tried to examine Elva. Around, uh, at around the head and neck, he noticed a little bruising. Edward flipped out. He kept cradling her head, crying, and throwing a fit whenever Dr. Knapp moved toward her neck area. Okay. <laughs> None of these are red flags, by the no, way. No, no. The doctor finally gave up and cut the examination short. But anytime he's getting near the neck, he just starts wailing? Yeah, he starts flipping out. Yeah. And that's... like probably pawing out. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, I just realized she's gone. No, not my sweet Elva. Oh, moving over there. Anyway, do you like this dress? Or... Oh, my God, no. No, she's gone. <laughs> anyway, mm. you guys hungry? Look at the feet. Hmm? He officially said that Elva died of everlasting faint. What the fuck? Which was I mean, a- this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> well, back it's not then. not 1530. Back then, that was a nice way to say a heart attack. Oh, okay. But he later changed the diagnosis to complications from pregnancy. Because Dr. Knapp had seen Elva just a couple weeks before her death for female trouble... And thought that seemed a more probable cause of death. It sounds like maybe the baby was trying to come out of the mouth. Yeah, specifically the neck, the neck part. Yeah, yeah, I think that... Babies will do also, that. Also, sounds like a good doctor. Great doctor. Uh, in truth, he had no idea how she died. Right. It, well, in truth, I think we all know that. Mary Jane Heaster was told of her daughter's death and is reported to have said, quote, The devil has killed her! Mm. Interesting. Uh, lots of good theories being floated. <laughs> All, I mean, it's hard to pick a winner here. There's so many ponies to like. On January 24th, Elva was buried in the local cemetery. Edward was very protective of his dead wife, always sitting at the head of the open coffin no matter where it went. 
Her body was laid out at Mary's house, and people started to notice Edward was acting a bit odd. Uh, oh, now they're noticing. Okay. So he's... Okay. It was said he would switch from being overwhelmed by grief to suddenly having incredible energy. What? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, we should go yeah. hiking. Anyone want to go to the park? Maybe throw... Huh? Maybe throw the ball around for a little. She's gone. She's gone. Push ups. Push ups. <laughs> uh, yet the whole time he didn't let anyone near her, and would become very animated if anyone tried to get close. He just sat above her, holding a pillow to one side of her head and a rolled-up sheet on the other side. I, honestly, well, like, <laughs> somebody has to do something. This is the worst case of CSI that has uh, ever been. Uh, what is ever pillow? Been. This is the most terrible episode. And a sheet? <laughs> Why not two pillows? If I'm going to devil's advocate this shit. I don't know if they had two pillows. <laughs> <laughs> We're a one-pillow household. <laughs> two pillows, fancy pants. He told everyone that these... Two things would help her rest easier. Um, hmm. I think the deaf did that, right? Then Edward put a large scarf around her neck and cried as he told all those present that it was her favorite. Does she love this scarf? <laughs> this big giant uh, scarf. Cover it up, wrap it around a few times, just right over the neck area, right over that bruising. God, she loved it. She loved it. My own. We should go running. Anyone want to go to the beach for a run? I would love to see that, this guy. Come on, huh? Come on. Hey, let's sing. Let's sit around and sing some songs. You guys want to I can play the tuba. Who uh, wants to see a tuba playing? But when the body was moved from the house to the cemetery, more than one purpose person noticed Elva's head was a bit more loose than it should have been. Sweet mother of God, her head is off. You, right? It's a bit loose. It's off. It's just a bit loose. You're, this woman has been decapitated. No, no. Then she was buried. Okay. You realize what you've created. I know. You, Over here, I'm like, you no, no. It's so sad you go to the worst case scenario, no matter what I'm talking about. Well, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that I've done that told me stories about people eating other people's hearts. Did I break you? Yeah, oh, I'm broken, baby. Mary Jane was not buying the official cause of her daughter's death. She never liked Edward, and she thought he had killed her. But because there wasn't any actual direct evidence, um, which sorry. there's, if you just look at the fucking body, there might be. A lot of evidence. A lot of evidence. I think there's only evidence. There's, it seems like there's a lot of evidence. Just just look at her neck, I think. Yep. Just someone take look a look at the, at the neck. Look at him, the way he's acting. I think there's evidence. How about, how about a wobbly neck? Yeah, wobbly neck. Crazy husband. Doing uh, burpees over the funeral. Elva was put into the ground, and the matter was considered closed. Just like the casket. Well done. Thank you. But Mary Jane wasn't done. And she ha was given some pretty serious signs of foul play. Okay. First, she said she took the sheet from inside the coffin and tried to give it back to Edward. Now, I just assume that this is a time when there weren't a lot of sheets. Sheets were hard to come by. Sure. So you didn't leave it in the coffin. Sure. You could go donate it to the local Grand Wizard. So... Now I have I have like a blanket in my house, and if sure. my dog gets on it, it smells pretty bad. Right. Okay. 
I think we all understand what I'm saying. So you're saying that this sheet is... I'm saying it's not a fresh sheet. Right. Got the odor of death upon it. Edward decided to pass on taking the sheet. Well, finally, something that I understand. So Mary Jane took it, and she noticed it had an odd odor. That's the that's the odor of her daughter's body. Right. Yeah. She washed it, and when she did, the water in the basin turned red. Oh. Then it turned pink. Then it cleared, but a stain in the sheet would not go away. Mary Jane took this as evidence that her daughter had indeed been murdered. I am very confused, Dave. You should be, because that sounds like a bunch of fucking horseshit. But I don't. I mean, how like a sheet? Well, we're taking her word for it. All right, right. That's that. That helps. She then decided to pray and pray and pray. Smart. She prayed for her daughter to appear as a ghost and tell her how she had died. Uh, you might want to. I think baby steps. Uh huh. Maybe you know, try for maybe like blow that candle out. Start there. <laughs> Don't just go with the home run right away. No, come straight in. Appear and tell me who killed you. Talk to me. Hurry. Uh, She prayed for a month. And then, lo and behold, the ghost of Elva Shue did appear. Elva Shue. Elva Shue. (laughs) Elva Trout Shue. (laughs) Worse. The ghost appeared for four nights in a row. Well, I mean, you know. So she's in. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you got a gig. Well, yeah, you're gigging, you're gigging. I'm doing four nights at Mary's house. Uh, I'll actually, this weekend, I'll be appearing at my mother's house a uh, whole weekend, four nights in a row. I'm going to be doing the blood sheet stuff. Each time, Ghost Elva told Mary Jane that Edward had killed her by choking her and breaking her neck. This happened because she hadn't cooked any meat for dinner. Oh, my God. Okay, now I'm on his side. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Okay, so well, I you know, I mean, context. Yep, something. Now we have some a we clear. Have a mo- we have we have a motive. We have a clear motive. We have our meat motive. She also said Edward was cruel and beat her often. When Ghost Elva left, she would turn her head around so it was facing backwards. Well, it's a great thing to do to your mom. It, and also, I think that's a little unfair because she is a ghost at this point. True. I think you can do things like that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that doesn't go like, look, look how broken it is. Woo! Woo! Look at that. But, Watch it again. Watch it again. Woo! Look, I'm going to do like a siren. Can you? Can you Woo! It's Woo! not, it's not Woo! as. Woo! Yeah, actually, it's not as scary. Look at that. When you're doing the siren. Okay. Huh? Worst ghost ever. Where am I going? I'm here. Have you seen Worst Ghosts Ever on Sci Fi? On Sci Fi Show? Hey, what's behind me? Whoa, which way's forward? Which way's forward? Huh? Mama. I just want to sleep. All right, I'll come back tomorrow. But Mary took the head turning around as proof of a broken neck. Right. Well, not I that mean, ghosts don't have bones or anything. For sure. I mean, look, logic is really in play here. Yeah. I guess it took four nights in a row of questioning the ghost before Mary Jane was satisfied that she had the story straight because that's when she went to see the local prosecutor. Elvin must have been like, do I need to keep doing... Mom! How many? Mom, how many? Mom! How many? Go fucking tell him. You fucking asked me to come. I'm a ghost. I'm I, here. I told you everything. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, God damn it. So Mary Jane goes to the local prosecutor, John Alfred. He was naturally a little bit skeptical. He, uh, does he know about the head thing? Or the bloody sheet? Yeah, I think we've got some stuff. But Mary Jane sat in his office for hours 
trying to convince him until he was like, fuck, okay, lady. Shut the fuck up. I will check into it if you just shut your fucking mouth. Okay. So he started questioning people around town. He heard about the head being a bit wobbly at the funeral, at the wake, he and Edward's strange behavior. Sure. And he found out that Edward had kept Dr. Knapp from fully examining the body after seeing bruises on the neck. Right. So the prosecutor, Alfred, decided to reopen the case. Reopening the case meant reopening the casket. Yep, exhume it. Alfred ordered the body exhumed. Edward Troutshu was very against this. No, 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 no. No, no. No, I don't see why you would do that. No, why would you no, do that? No, you can't do it. I'll start grieving again. I'll start grieving. I'm going to climb this tree. Watch me climb this tree. I'm going to get to the top. Okay, one uh, one thing you can do it, but I get to cradle her head with a pillow and a, and a rolled up sheet. You can examine her as long as I can put two sheets between her head. I get to be under the head. You can examine the rest. Okay. Against his strong objections, the body was dug up and an autopsy was performed. Upon first inspection, everything looked pretty normal until they got to the neck. What the fuck were they doing on other spots? They're looking the whole thing over. All right, well, it doesn't look like her feet are broken. Her bottom looks good. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, the neck. The doctor made a cut along the back of her neck, the back of her head and neck, and discovered her neck was broken. And the first and second vertebrae. Also, her windpipe was crushed. And there were fingerprints on her neck. It w- I mean, this seems pretty obvious that someone killed her at this point. I'm waiting for some evidence. How did we miss this? Well, well, well. <laughs> oh, we forgot to look at her. Oh, that's right. We just gave up because he was being a prick. Uh, it, it was declared that she had been the victim of murder, and it seemed pretty obvious who the murderer was. But Alfred was still lacking evidence to connect Edward to the actual crime. But he did arrest him so he wouldn't flee. Okay. Alfred went to talk to Edward Shue's first wife, Ellen Cutlip. Cutlip told Alfred that she had been beaten by Edward and they, he was extremely violent. Well, this is all piling up pretty poorly. Her name is Cutlip. Yep, that's right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't before she met him, though. His second wife, Black Eye Sally. <laughs> and I just fell down some stairs, Eleanor. Alfred also looked into Edward's second marriage, which ended in a mysterious death. Meanwhile, waiting in prison, Edward was bragging to his fellow prisoners that he was going to get married seven times during his life and told reporters there wasn't any evidence against him so he wouldn't be convicted. Maybe a little too confident. A little, I, I a little said, cocky. bring back the, bring, dial down the cocky a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think go back to that, uh, those emotional swings. I think that erratic behavior says grieving more. Then, man, when I get out of here, I'm going to fucking marry five more women. <laughs> no, four. Four more women. Done three. <laughs> three more women. Point is, I ain't done. The trial began, but it was going to be a rough one with the lack of direct evidence. The prosecutor knew it would be pretty hard to bring up a finger-pointing ghost because the courts didn't allow ghost testimony really? as admissible. Well, this was before Ghostbusters, obviously, when... <laughs> So he decided, the prosecutor decided not to bring up the ghost stuff. Mm. The trial went on for eight days. The prosecutors made the case to the jury with circumstantial evidence. Edward took the stand in his defense, and he did not do himself any favors. He rambled through cross-examination. 
The Greenbrier Independent said, quote, his testimony, manner, and so forth made an unfavorable impression on the spectators. This feels like making a murder a little bit. But the defense was still keen to have a go at this ghost. No. What? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I thought that was like a footnote. What is... What, what do you mean? They're like... Are they there? Somebody is trying to call a ghost to the, the stand? Def, the defense attorney, William Rucker, questioned Mary Jane when he cross-examined her on the stand about the ghost. He wanted to make her seem crazy and therefore invalidate all of her testimony. Oh, well, that's not going to be too hard. But that's not the way it went down. Oh, boy. Mary Jane totally held her own. She told her ghost story with such confidence that the jury completely bought it. Oh, my God. Rucker quickly stopped questioning, questioning her what, it, as he realized she wasn't looking crazy at all. How, how is she not looking crazy at all? It's the 18 fucking 90s. Oh my God. People are like, yeah, of course she talked to a ghost. Interesting. Well, it sounds like this ghost was pretty consistent on those four nights. Really stuck to what the ghost was saying. I mean, the ghost came four times. You know, so. I was skeptical until I heard about the rotating head. I, I didn't believe it until the third ghost visit. And then I was like, well, this ghost is serious. This yeah. is a serious ghost. I agree. Anytime a ghost shows up three times, you know it's real. Right? Yeah. Now, since the defense had brought up the ghost instead of the prosecutor, the judge ruled to allow the ghost testimony, as it were. Uh, can you... Can you imagine? So so the jury got to deliberate on a conversation between an old woman and a ghost. This this does sound like how they handled it in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean the judge like any I mean you must as as they say like you must be sitting there going like, well the good news is the judge isn't out of his mind. I'm sorry, did he just say that that was admissible? <laughs> Oh, the prosecutor had zero objections to using the ghost testimony. Oh, my God. Edward Shue was convicted of murdering Elva Hester Shue and sentenced to life in prison based on the testimony of a ghost. That wasn't enough for the townsfolk. A lynch mob formed and prepared to break into the jail and hang Edward. But a snitch told the sheriff what was happening, and he hurried Edward out and hit him in the forest. Oh Jesus! That part I don't get at all. Yeah, I don't understand what's. Happening. I mean, he must have locked him uh, to a tree. He must have handcuffed him to a Go tree and frank him or something. There's but you just forest? can't just okay. Stay here, buddy. All right, stay here. I'll remember this tree. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. I put breadcrumbs down. I'll be back. Oh shit! Someone ate the breadcrumbs. All right. Look. Good luck, man. Um. And then uh, the sheriff went back, confronted the mob, and talked them into putting down their weapons and going home. Everything on, that's happening is opposite of what I would think would happen. An angry mob ready to murder being like, no, that, no, you make a good point. Okay, that's a you fine. You make a good point. You know, honest to God, we got fired up back there. We really did. Yeah. We lost our cool. But uh -huh. I got to be honest, we weren't, you make a good point. We weren't thinking about ghost justice. Yeah, that's true. We uh, hadn't actually thought about the ghost justice yet. So he's going to get his on the other side. Yeah, for sure. When he goes yeah. to ghost court. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll go to ghost jail. On July 13th, 1897, uh, 1897, Edward Shue entered the state penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia. He died there uh, just under three years later when an unknown epidemic swept 
through the prison. The ghost of Elvra Zona Haster was never seen again. Is the, <laughs> Dave, Dave, it is Dave. the only known case in U.S. law in which a ghost testimony was used to help convict a criminal. Oh, my God. Well, you're, again, you're forgetting about Ghostbusters, too. But uh, <laughs> I love how the ghost was never seen again. Yeah. Because I think I know why, Dave. Why? I don't think the ghost was seen ever. Oh, come on. Four times. Well, I think four times is a case for insanity. I don't know. You see ghosts all the time on the Sci-Fi Channel. Do you? Do you think that? I mean, the like doesn't our jury system is pretty flawed. I don't see how it's any different today than it was back then. I, I, I see I minor think, differences. I think today you could have someone say that they talked to a ghost and people would convict them in the right state. In the right state, uh, Wisconsin. We're talking about. Oh boy. <laughs> well. Well, um, you know, you think making a murder is a fucked up trial, then uh, <laughs> then you hear about Elva Troutshoe's testimony. Oh, shit. All right, well, ghost out. Yeah, that is, um, that's a normal thing that just happened. We sign cars. Yeah, we do sign cars. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this, uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes this same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 